welcome to Classic Comedy of Old Time Radio. I'm your host, Ron Ecklebarger. Two of the shows on our podcast intersect this week. Chester A. Riley meets Bob Hope. Yes, this week, Bob's special guest is William Bendix. Now, technically, as he's a guest star on Bob Hope's show, Bendix doesn't play the role of Chester Riley. But if you listen to the life of Riley at all on our podcast, you will recognize the voice of William Bendix. Today's show is episode number 551 of The Bob Hope Show, and it originally aired on March 18th, 1953. Jello presents The Bob Hope Show, transcribed direct from Hollywood with Les Brown and his band of renown. For Jello, yours truly, Bill Goodwin. Our singing star, Margaret Whiting. Our special guest, William Bendix. And here he is, Bob Hope. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. Ladies and gentlemen, and also Bill Goodwin, here I am back again selling those six delicious flavors. Yes, sir, Jell-O may be a dessert to you, but it's been like a mother to me. <laughs> By the way, Crosby's memoirs are running in the Saturday Evening Post. It's a story of his success as a singer. At first, they were going to publish it in true crime confession. <laughs> Johnny Manville is going to write his memoirs in 12 chapters printed on rice paper with white satin covers. <laughs> the name of the book is Did I Skip Anyone? <laughs> no, but I get most of my news out of the fan magazines. They give you the real insight on Hollywood. I've read quite a few interesting articles lately, like, Is Johnny Ray Really Betty Davis with Five O'Clock Shadow by Tallulah Bankhead? <laughs> or Why I Love Orson Welles by Orson Welles? <laughs> or Inside Lassie by John Gunther? <laughs> but now that I've paid my income tax, I'm going down to Palm Springs and try and get a little color back. <laughs> During the winter here, everyone in Hollywood goes down to Palm Springs. Gary Cooper drives down weekends, Lana Turner flies, and Sinatra commutes back and forth by slingshot. <laughs> Kirk Douglas goes down there to dodge the rainstorms. Kirk hates rain. When the cleft in his chin fills up, it pulls his face out of shape. <laughs> I've had a little home down there for years in Palm Springs. That's the way I've been paying for it. <laughs> I got my house a little cheaper because it's in a windy section where there's a lot of sandstorms. There's only one inconvenience about it. When I invite guests down to the place, I have to get there two days ahead of them and look for it with a bulldozer. <laughs> Palm Springs isn't really expensive. I had a steak dinner down there, and the price was about the same as Los Angeles. In fact, it was a dollar less than we paid for Los Angeles. <laughs> But it's pretty down there in the desert. Of course, it's beautiful here in Hollywood now. Spring is the time of the year when everything opens up, everything but the Hollywood freeway. <laughs> what, are you all pedestrians? <laughs> it's spring in New York, too. The other day, Fred Allen changed the bags under his eyes to gabardine. <laughs> and around the White House, spring is in the air, and so are the golf balls. 
Ike's golf balls have accidentally hit so many people that the new song around the White House is Don't Let the Stars Get in Your Eyes. <laughs> with a song that shimmers in six delicious flavors. Now's the time for Jello. Now's the time for Jello. Such a delicious shimmering dish is J-E-L-L-O. Now old Jack Sprat could eat no fat. His wife could eat no lean. It worked out fine each time they dined. They'd call for this cuisine. Now's the time for Jello. Now's the time for Jello. Slim or stout, you'll hear him shout for J-E-L-L-O Cinderella met a fella, and they had a ball Came time to eat, man, what a treat You should have heard him call Now's the time for Jell-O Now's the time for Jell-O A party dish that's most delicious J-E-L-L-O Mother Hubbard keeps her cupboard Far from bare today all her tops get lots and lots of jello every day. Yes, now's the time for jello. Now's the time for jello. Mothers know the youngsters go for J E L L O. Now, ladies and gentlemen, for the benefit of those of you who are sleeping, I'll repeat that message once again. Now's the time for jello. Now's the time for jello. Such a delicious shimmering dish is J-E-L-L-O J-E-L-L-O Well, ladies and gentlemen, Bob is always involved in some new venture, so it was no surprise when Margaret Whiting and I dropped in at his home this morning, we found Bob alone in his living room working hard on a speech. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you very much. Please, not two of them. No, not three of them. I don't deserve it. Oh, this is too much. Four of them? All for me? Hey, hey, what's going on, Bob? Oh, I'm rehearsing for the Academy Awards tomorrow night. <laughs> Bob, don't tell us you expect to win an award. <laughs> Are you kidding? Why not? Why not? Stranger things have happened. Name one. <laughs> That's no way to talk to the man who signs the checks, you crazy, mixed-up, unemployed kid. Bob, I think it's wonderful that you're going to be the master of ceremonies at the Academy Award presentation tomorrow night. Gee, you must be thrilled. Yes, Maggie, I've been MC at the Academy Awards in other years, and it certainly is an experience. I can't describe what it's like to hand those Oscars to the winners. Well, you mean, Bob, you feel a deep satisfaction, an inner glow? Well, it's more than a glow. I burn up. <laughs> Rob, if it bothers you too much, I'll be glad to take over tomorrow night. Down, Bill, down. I love presenting the awards. The lights, the glamour, the crowds, that's for me. I'll be signing hundreds of autographs. Of course, you have to be careful what you sign. I wrote my name for somebody last year and got into a lot of trouble. Well, how come? Well, once you join the wax, they hate to let you go. <laughs> they finally decided to let me go, but it was too late. I liked it. <laughs> I loved it. They, they, well, excuse me, but what's this hanging up here, Bob? You, you bought a full-dress suit, huh? No, Bill, I just borrowed it from the Paramount Wardrobe Department. 
Well, isn't it a little old-fashioned? Oh, of course not. You know how much they think of me over at Paramount. They wouldn't send me anything that was out of date. Wait a minute. There's a note here in this pocket. A note? What does it say? Have these pressed and return to Mr. Rudolph Valentino. <laughs> I wondered why a camel whip came with it. <laughs> You know, Margaret, uh, way back when I first came to Hollywood, I was master of ceremonies at the Academy Award. That first Academy Award ceremony you attended must have been quite an event in your life. Oh, yes, that was back in 1940, and what a night. I was so nervous I could hardly get the studs in my shirt front. I finally got my evening clothes on, and by the time I was so late, I had to dash out of the house. I'll never forget it. I ran out in the street looking for a cab. Taxi! Hop in! Anytime you want a cab, Bill Bendix is here to serve you. Where to, buddy? Oh, Grandma's Chinese Theater, and step on it. I'm in a hurry. Well, I'm sorry, buddy. We got a speed limit in California, 30 miles an hour. Yeah, but you're doing 60 right now. Well, they can't pinch me here. I'm on the sidewalk. <laughs> Never mind the jokes Just take me where I want to go, will you? Ah, you're like all the rest of them Nobody cares about the guy sitting up here driving the cab I'm nothing Now look Other people live, go to big parties, not me Other guys ride in the back seat there with pretty girls, not me My only share of life is what I can see through my rear view mirror Well, that ought to be pretty good Yeah, come to think of it, it's not bad <laughs> But honest, buddy, driving a cab in this town ain't exactly a picnic. Oh, what do you mean? Well, for one thing, the smog is murder. Like, last night I pulled up and double parked. Well, what's wrong with that? On top of another car. <laughs> yeah, the smog is pretty bad. On a clear day, you can feel your way to any part of town. I, uh... <laughs> But I, I, don't, I don't get sore when a pedestrian crosses in front of the cab. I, I just count ten. You do? Yeah, and when I finish counting, I go after him. <laughs> Look, will you just drive, please? I'm late now. Okay, okay. Hey, uh, what's the idea of the fancy clothes? Full dress suit, tails, white carnation, gloves. Pretty nice, huh? Yeah. I had to look twice to see if you were breathing. <laughs> What business you in, buddy? Well, what business would you say I was in? Well, you got a kind of a shifty look in your eyes. <laughs> lips are kind of thin. Whatever you're doing, it ain't on the level. I, <laughs> I am an actor. What did I tell you? <laughs> are you in pictures? <laughs> That's right, but I haven't made any pictures yet. I've only been out here from the East a short time. I suppose you're a native son already. Well, almost. I've had the hair on my chest dyed blonde. <laughs> and I'm having Cadillac fins put on my surfboard. <laughs> Which way is Muscle Beach? <laughs> How is it working in the picture studios with all them pretty dames? Oh, they don't mean anything to me. No. Dorothy Lamour, Jane Russell, Virginia Mayo. They're just faces to me. Just faces? Yeah, I'm having my eyes checked in the morning. <laughs> You know, it's wonderful meeting a movie actor oh, What do you mean? Well, that's my ambition, too I studied acting for years But they told me you can't get anywhere with a homely kisser They did? Yeah I'm sure glad I met you 
don't mind you hurting my feelings, but think what you're doing to Max Factor. Now, will you step on it? <laughs> I gotta get to Grandma's Chinese. Yeah, well, relax. You'll get there. You know, I studied the Stanislavski method of acting. Mm-hmm. You just think what you want to be, and that's what you are. That's what you are? Yeah, sure. Like, like right now, I want to be a boat. So I am a boat. I'm a great big boat with big white sails. Watch where you're going or you'll get your rudder knocked off. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I got a safety record that goes back five years. What does that mean? Well, just what it says. For five whole years now, every day I've had an accident. <laughs> Keep your mind on your driving. I got to get to Grauman's Theater. Say, what's going on down there? Well, don't you read the papers? Tonight mm. they're giving out the Academy Awards in 1940. The Academy Awards. How about that? But soft, what light through yonder window uh, It's breaks. too late. The and nominations yeah. are closed. It's too late. <laughs> I recite that to my girl Hortense And she says I'm great Well, you can't blame a guy for trying You're telling me <laughs> uh, you, You're going to get one of them Oscars I suppose No, right? I'm almost certain to get an Oscar Because tonight I have two very good chances Two chances? How do you mean? Well, I can either slip one under my coat Or steal one later out of a parked car <laughs> No, I'm not up for an award tonight I'm the master of ceremonies I tell the joke Oh, how does a guy like you get jobs in pictures? Well, you have to be at the right place at the right time For instance... I'm going to a party later tonight at a big producer's house, and I expect to land a part in one of the top pictures of the year. No kidding. Yeah, this picture can't miss. It's called Frankenstein Chops Up the Ape Man, Sets Fire to the Batman, and Stuffs the Wolf Man Down the Garbage Disposal. <laughs> that sounds exciting. Yeah, it's a remake of Little Women. <laughs> what? Well, here's Grandma's Chinese. I'll pull around the stage door. Well, it's been nice talking to you. Yeah, same here. Fair is a buck sixty. I'm in a hurry. Here's a five dollar bill. Keep the change. Oh, gee, thanks. That's a what? Hey, hey, hey! Wait a minute. This is a phony. It says on the back of it, stage money. I told you I was an actor. So long, Chuck. <laughs> How do you like that louse giving me stage money? I should have known it was a phony. Look at the picture on it. Instead of Abraham Lincoln, it's Zsa Zsa Gabor wearing a beard. <laughs> Come back here, you thief! Come back! Here's an introduction by Les Brown and the boys to a very beautiful number, Pretend, and done by our lady of song, Miss Maggie Whiting. Pretend you're happy when you're blue it isn't very hard to do And you'll find happiness without an end Whenever you pretend Remember anyone can dream And nothing's bad as it may seem The little things you haven't got Could be a lot if you'd pretend You'll find a love you can share One you can call all your own Just close your eyes, you'll be there You'll never be And if you sing this melody, you'll be pretending just like me. The world is mine, it can be yours, my friend, so why don't you pretend?
might sing this melody You'll be pretending just like me The world is mine, my friend So why don't you pretend Hey, Bob, I, I got a wonderful idea. Putting commercials on police radio calls. Now, wouldn't that be great for Jell-O salad? Hey, Bill, that's a crazy idea. Jell-O salad commercials on the police radio calls. How would it sound? Well, I was hoping you'd ask. Now, let's do it and see how it sounds. You start. All right. Calling all cars. Be on the lookout for a blonde girl who just held up a bank. She's wearing a man's pants and a man's shirt. If you can't find the girl for Pete's sakes, bring in that man without any pants or shirt. <laughs> Housewives, if you want to brighten up a meal, there's no better way than with a Jell-O salad. The whole family loves Jell-O salads. They're so colorful and tasty. And Jell-O salads are easy to serve because you can make one ahead of time and get it out of the way before mealtime. That's what happened at our house. The cook made a Jell-O salad and got it out of the way before dinner. She ate it. <laughs> oh, here's a bulletin. Calling car 10. There's a fire at the corner of 18th and Center. Get over there right away with some marshmallows. <laughs> Treats for everybody. And girls, if you want a treat for everybody Whip up a Jell-O salad They're simple to prepare Yet they always make a hit Have you served a Jell-O salad lately? Well, you should So pick up several boxes of Jell-O at your grocer's And treat the family to a tasty, colorful Jell-O salad tomorrow And now... Let's continue our story of that night 13 years ago in 1940 when Bob was first Master of Ceremonies at the Academy Awards. After the presentation of the awards, Bob was invited to a party at the home of an important Hollywood producer. Hey, driver. Yeah? That's the house right there in the corner, the big one that's all lit up. Oh, yeah, okay. Buddy, the fare is now $12.80, and this time I want it in real money. I told you I wasn't trying to cheat you. That stage money was just a gag. I knew you'd be waiting for me when I came out of the theater. <laughs> Does your eye feel better? <laughs> yeah, the beefsteak helped a lot. <laughs> now just wait for me. Don't worry about your dough. You'll get it. All I gotta say is that fare better be paid. Is that all you ever think about? Buddy, I need every cent I can get. I'm a Democrat. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. You'd sure look cute with Mamie Bangs. <laughs> just wait for me. I'll be out in a little while. No, don't worry. I'll be here, and the meter will be clicking away, too. It'll be playing our song. <laughs> and don't take too long in there. I got a date with my girl, Hortense. Good evening, sir. Oh, good evening. Uh, do you have an invitation, sir? What name shall I say? Oh, Hope. Bob Hope from Paramount Pictures. Oh, yes. I saw your last picture, sir. You did? Yes. Are you sure you have an invitation? <laughs> Uh, look, of course I have. If you'll just wait a minute, I'll Bob, run... Bob, uh, Bob, come right in. Nice oh. to have you here for my party. Oh, thanks, CB. I thought you'd want to discuss the part you're giving me in your new picture. Uh, later, Bob, later. Just everybody in Hollywood is here tonight. Gee. Boy, this is quite a party. I see Gloria Swanson over there. Yes, that's Gloria. 
Why, Bob, look, did she win an Oscar? No, that's Mickey Rooney. <laughs> uh, Bob, uh, here's somebody I'd like you to meet A very important man A famous British producer, uh, J. Arthur Lank Oh, well, I'm very happy to know you, J. Arthur Lank uh, How'd you do? <laughs> Bob, uh, J. Arthur is over here studying American film methods Oh, uh, rather I expect to go back to England in a fortnight <laughs> Wouldn't you be more comfortable taking a ship? <laughs> <laughs> that is funny <laughs> It's too, 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 too. <laughs> When you get to Pasadena, slow down for the grade crossing <laughs> Well, what do you think of our country, J. Arthur? Do you like American girls? Oh, no, no I find our British women more attractive. They're so delightfully bony. <laughs> bony? Yes. Makes them easier to find in the fog. <laughs> now I know why they'll always be in England. <laughs> well, it's been awfully nice meeting you, J. Arthur Lank. Do oh, thank you. Bob, uh, there's someone here I want you to meet. Oh, C.B., about that part in your new picture. I'm sure I can handle uh, it. Uh, later, Bob. Right now, I've got a nice surprise for you. I want you to meet our new French star, Denise Duval. Denise, uh, permettez-moi présenter Monsieur Bob Hope. Enchanté. Allô. Allô. <laughs> Vous et moi, nous travaillons dans un cinéma bientôt ensemble, n'est-ce pas? Et... <laughs> Que pensez-vous, monsieur? Uh, <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> Say, you're one of the better type payments on the Marshall Plan, aren't you? You know, you and I could have a lot of fun together. Uh, pardon, monsieur, je ne comprends pas. Uh, don't you even know one word of English? Oui, monsieur. You know one word? What is it? No. <laughs> well, that ended that. <laughs> Bob, uh, Denise speaks English quite well. She was just kidding. Ah, uh, oui, Monsieur Hope. You know, just looking at you makes me homesick. Really? Oui. You make me think of Pierre, whom I left behind in Paris. Who, <laughs> your husband? No, my French poodle. <laughs> Hello. Au revoir, Monsieur Hope. Au revoir. Bob, would you like a drink? No, thanks. I wanted to talk to you about the part in your picture, C.B. Oh, let's do that later, Bob. But I can't stay very long, C.B. I've got a cab waiting oh, outside. Oh, let him wait. There are so many interesting people here you haven't met. Now, this fellow coming toward us is the famous Italian director, Vittorio Vittorio. Buongiorno. Uh, Bob, uh, Vittorio's new picture has a wonderful story. Uh, tell him the plot, Vittorio. See, questa picture, Gumba, comes into the restaurant of Villanova. It's just a nice people. Mr. Scassavorta, Butcher Dallagaba, Malatesta, and poor Mr. Smith. Hey, well, I. I uh, scusate, scusate. And dopo lasciamo. And dopo lasciamo the restaurant, and the Ama Cucabunga. And the name of Nubai's anime, Governor the, the Pizza Booth of Pennsylvania. And questa è la plot da storia. Oh, gee, that's a wonderful plot. And I've got a good title for your picture. You can call it Come Back, Little Pizza. <laughs> Arrivederci, Gumba. Hello. <laughs> you, you've been well, Vittoria. Take two meatballs out of petty cash on the way. 
Now, C.B., I don't want to press you about the part in your picture, but if you could just let me know how I well, stand. Well, uh, Bob, this is a very big picture, so we have to go carefully. Don't try to stop me, buddy. I'm coming in uh, here. Uh, pardon me, Bob. There's some commotion at the door. Uh, what's going on? Well, here? I don't want to break up your party, mister, but I'm looking for a deadbeat, a chiseler, a crook. Well, I'm sure they're all here. We've got dozens of each. <laughs> I'm trying to find a guy with a funny profile. He looks like somebody tried to push his face under a door. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> oh, CB, yeah. this is only my cab driver. I can straighten him right out. Oh, you better pay me, buddy, or I'll straighten you out. Come on, come on. I got a date with Hortense. Now, do you have to embarrass me in front of all my friends? Can't we go outside and talk about no, this? No, I'm tired of talking. I want to see something green, and I don't mean your eyeball. <laughs> The meter on my cab says $14.95, and I want it. $14.95? Okay, here you are. Here's $15 for you. What? $15? I've been hacking you around all night, sitting out in the cold hour after hour, and all I get is a lousy five-cent tip. Is that fair? Who said it's a tip? I want my change. <laughs> that rips it. That tears it. I thought I met all the creeps, but you know what you are, mister. You're the champion phony of Hollywood. Yeah, when did Crosby resign? <laughs> Well, you got your money, so go on, get out of here Okay, I'm going uh, Just a minute, don't go I've been studying you Has anyone ever told you you have a very distinctive personality? Well, a few guys tried, but I laid them out with a beer bottle <laughs> I'm always on the lookout for unusual types And I'd, I'd like to talk to you As a matter of fact, I'm casting a big picture right now And I might be able to use you CB, you're not thinking of giving my part to this ape Just a minute, Buster Who are you calling an ape? I'm proud of my kisser You're proud? Yes I'll have you know I was the only kid in my neighborhood that was prematurely ugly. <laughs> CB, I won't let you do this. You're making a mistake. You can't take a cab driver off the street and make an actor out of him. Now, Bob, I think I know what I'm doing. But this guy's never been in a picture. What does he know about romance or how to play love scenes? You know, Bob, you used to be a bus driver. Yeah, but I made a lot of stops. Besides, CB... <laughs> I've had experience I spent years on the stage What has that got to do with it? Everything On the stage you learn how to act You move around gracefully Be fluid uh, That's a cinch A cinch? Certainly I've been fluid every Saturday night For 15 years <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was good Was it? <laughs> <laughs> he has a sense of humor, too What's your name, young fellow? Bill Bendix I'm giving you the part. Bob, I'm sorry, but I can't use you. Oh, this is the most outrageous thing I ever heard of, hiring a cab driver over me, an established actor. You just wait, CB. A year from now, I'll be a big star, and this Bendix guy will be nothing. That's what I give him. One year. A year from now... There you are, Mr. Bendix, your top hat, cane, and glove. Thank you, Stevens. I'll be late tonight. I know, sir. I, I hope you win one of this year's awards. Oh, thank you, Stevens. Uh, one can only do one's best. Good night, sir. Oh, what a delightful evening. Oh, uh, taxi? Taxi? <laughs> uh, take me to Grammar's Chinese Theater Driver and hurry. Okay, keep your shirt on. I'll get you there. <laughs> oh, no, don't tell me. It's not you. That's right. It's even the same cab You got my job, my cab Oh, this is the best laugh I've had in years Go ahead and laugh, I'm happy Kiss me, Robert, honey Wait a minute, who's that? Who do you think? Hortense Go oh. on. oh, thanks for the memory Thanks to Bill Bendix A lot of wonderful people for helping us out tonight You know, ladies and gentlemen 
One of the terrible things about World War II was that it left us with a dandy little firecracker known as the atom bomb. And we're not the only ones who have it. The plain facts of life at this time are that long-range enemy bombers could get over our cities in a matter of hours. And unless we're on guard, they could land a sneak punch and maybe even force us to throw in the towel. To protect against this, the Air Defense Command has formed the Ground Observer Corps. This is a national civilian organization of more than 200,000 volunteers working on a 24-hour-a-day basis. Each man and woman contributing about four hours a week of their spare time. Air defense is not a responsibility that can be handled entirely by the military alone. We must help. If you have any time at all for this very important work, contact your nearest civil defense organization. Ladies and gentlemen, the cast of characters in the Kremlin may come and go, but the melody of hate lingers on. As long as this is true, vigilance has to be the watchword for every freedom-loving person. Serving with the Ground Observer Corps is one way to be vigilant, not only for yourself, but for your family, your friends, and all the things that add up to make America. Thank you. Lady, have you heard about the exciting new pick-of-the-pantry suppers? They're the minute rice way to grand one-dish meals, ready in less than 15 minutes. Here's all you need. One package minute rice, one can condensed soup, one cup of canned fish, fowl, or meat. Or you may use any leftovers, eggs, or cheese. Only pre-cooked minute rice makes these meals so fast, so delicious. Try pick-of-the-pantry suppers. Get the recipe and the large minute rice package at your grocer's. Be sure to listen to the Bob Hope Show next week from Hollywood with our special guest, Mickey Rooney. William Bendix can be seen in The Life of Riley on NBC television. Jello has brought you The Bob Hope Show, written by Norman Sullivan and Larry Marks, transcribed direct from Hollywood, California. Jello is a registered trademark of General Foods. So Bendix played a cab driver on this episode. I love Bendix's line about Bob Hope's nose. He looks like someone tried to push his face under a door. <laughs> wow. And if you're familiar, look up a picture of Bob Hope. If, you, if you're not familiar with his profile, his, he, he does have kind of a long pointy nose or did. Uh, so <laughs> that's, a, uh, that's a pretty good description, but uh, it's... I have to just love how they insulted each other and even insulted themselves on old time radio. People, people had a much uh, greater tolerance uh, back then and uh, less apt to get offended than they are nowadays. Also, an interesting public service announcement about the Ground Observer Corps at the end of the show. In 1953, the Cold War was in full swing and there was definite fear because the USSR had nuclear weapons. Of course, so did the United States. Notice Bob Hope talked about long-range bombers dropping the bombs. Well, nowadays we have missiles and the intercontinental ballistic missile, which can deliver a nuclear payload from one continent to another, uh, was not deployed by both the U.S. and the USSR until 1959. And that's when the Cold War began to reach its heights. And of course, once you got missiles going, a ground observer corps looking for airplanes isn't going to mean anything. But that is an interesting snapshot into 
life at the beginning of the Cold War. Please send your questions and comments to host at classiccomedyotr.com. Until we meet again, in the words of Stephen Covey, change, real change, comes from the inside out.